CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. This is the Sean Baker Orchestra with Which Way to Radio Land.
Hey, it's Mark Striegel. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. We are back with another interview on this episode. It's the one and only John Five, as interviewed by Emily Striegel, and she's here with me now. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. And let's talk a little bit about this interview. It is, in theory, it was uh, to promote his new live record, It's Alive, which will be out momentarily. It's probably actually already out by the time we're posting this. So, uh, again, it's a live record recorded in Pennsylvania, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. It was totally spontaneous, too. It was not something that he had planned on doing. It was like an opportunity the club gave him. Well, like kind of on the spot and they just did it and so that's that was the biggest thing you know piece of information i got from this in, this interview that was pretty cool 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 well i'm looking forward to hearing the interview and of course uh wow what a what a history i have with seeing this guy play live the first time i saw him play live i don't even think he was going by john five yet it's like john lowry is that his name yeah something like that but anyways he was playing with rob halford at Irving Plaza, and they didn't play any Priest, from what I remember. It was strictly Two, the Two project that he did, which I was a fan of at the time. And Tony Iommi was on the bill, and it was supposed to be uh, Two, basically Rob Halford and John Five and their band. And then at the end, Tony Iommi was going to come out and do Sabbath songs with him. And so... Tony Iommi canceled, and they didn't tell anybody that until the the very end of the show, and people were oh, great. Yeah, got kind of <laughs> pissy, and um, it was it was an intense uh, in, intense moment. Yeah, they, yeah. they were there because a lot of people I have to say were there because they thought it was going to be Halford jamming with Tony Iommi for at least some of the set, and it, it never happened. And he probably. Blew your socks off first time you saw him because oh, yeah. technically oh he's just such an out of this world player. First time I saw him was with Manson, and Manson is the one who gave him the John Five name. Did you right. know that? Yes, I think I did. Yeah. So this yeah. was before John Five. Yeah, exactly. So first time I saw him was with Manson, and I think I saw him at least twice with Manson, and just always thought he had this like larger than life persona. And come to find out in the interview, that's not really his style at all. He's actually a pretty, you know. I don't know. I don't know if the shy is the word or, you know, he's just kind of reserved and not really larger than life like he seems to be. Yeah. And he also did some amazing work with David Lee Roth. Why don't we get into right now a little work that he did with David Lee Roth. This was going way back to the 90s, the David Lee Roth band. This song right here is called Slam Dunk. It's the opening song on the David Lee Roth band record. Again, that's from 1998. Had uh, Betty Page on the cover in front of an American flag, which to me, those two images, very David Lee uh, Roth-esque, if you will. So again, this is Slam Dunk by David Lee Roth and John Lowry, a.k.a. John Five, going back to 1998.
great overlooked record that was the DLR band record from 1998. I'm here with Emily. We're going to right now get into her interview. Uh, Emily, I wanted to play a little bit of music off of this new record that's out, It's Alive, by John Five and uh, what is it? John Five and, and the Creatures, right? That's right. Cool. And without further ado, this is Season of the Witch, Brand new, John 5 and the Creatures, off of the It's Alive record. Definitely pick this up on iTunes, buy the single song, or just buy the whole album. That's what I recommend. It's, again, called It's Alive by John 5 and the Creatures. That's the name of the record. This song right here, Seasons of the Witch, followed by Emily Striegel's interview with the one and only John 5.
Talking Metal listeners. This is Emily Striegel with my first interview of 2018. And how lucky am I that it's with none other than guitarist extraordinaire John Five. How are you doing today, John? I am well. How are you today? I'm great. We're getting pelted by a snowstorm here on the East Coast right now, but I'm hanging in there. You know, we're having a pretty rough winter over here in L.A. too. We had to use like more sunscreen than usual for winter time, and sometimes we have to turn the air conditioner on the car, so it's pretty tough over here too. <laughs> oh, you just got to rub it in, don't you? That we're <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be there soon, so uh, yeah, you know, I'll yeah. experience it. I know, hand. I know. Pretty ballsy of you to. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about your tour coming up, but that's pretty ballsy of you to do a, a Midwest and an East Coast tour starting February first, huh? You know, it's it's just how the scheduling goes because I'm so busy with zombie in the uh, summertime and stuff. So it's kind of my only uh, window, if you will. Well, we're happy about it because we always have kind of a shortage of shows uh, in the wintertime. So we'll be thrilled to have you. So I want to talk to you about your new live album with your solo act, The Creatures. It's called It's Alive. So tell me a little bit about the album and how it came about. Well, it kind of, you know, I always wanted to do a, uh, I started, I've only been touring with the creatures for a few years now. And, uh, but we have so much fun. I mean, it's, it's really, really difficult. And we kind of see how perfect we can get it every night, you know, uh, because it is so difficult. It's kind of like, you know, uh, juggling or something like that. So, uh, we want to see how perfect we can get it. And I was like, man, it'd be really fun to do a live record, but you have to, carry so much equipment and other employees and you know it's really really difficult to do a live record when you're touring uh how we are touring so um you know i wasn't really thinking that much of it and then we were in sellersville uh pennsylvania at the sellersville theater and we were setting up like you know the guys were setting up usually like we do every day and the um guy at the venue said hey would you guys like to record the show we were like sure and he goes we have a recording facility right up there and i said sure and so i you know gathered the guys around and i said listen let's we have one shot to wow do this. <laughs> let's not jump around let's really just look at each other concentrate and we were you know pretty well into the tour so we were well rehearsed and um i explained to the crowd that we're recording tonight and um, that's why we're not jumping around. And all of this dialogue is on the record too, because I'm talking to the crowd and I just thought it would be really fun to share that on the record because it was so unexpected and there's no overdubs. There's no nothing. It's a real live record. It was just captured like that. And, um, that's it, amazing. That is so cool. It was totally so spontaneous. Wow. Yeah, I'm so proud of it, too. And back in the day when we were growing up, uh, you know, bands toured their live record, like Kiss Alive or Kiss Alive 2. They they had shirts and tours of the Kiss Alive 2 tour or something like that. So I thought, man, wouldn't it be fun to go and promote this album and go tour it just like bands did back in the day? Because now, you know, you'll see a band release a record and they're like, Hey, check out our live record. And then that's it. But, um, 
we're going to go support it and we're going to sell tour books and all shirts and, you know, we'll have a great time and because uh, we're so proud of it. You Very know? <laughs> cool. So, yeah, so the album title, It's Alive, immediately I'm thinking, okay, John Five is a big horror fan. This is a Frankenstein reference, of course, you know, It's Alive. And then I was like, no, it's Kiss Alive. It's a Kiss Alive reference. So, like, am I on track making those connections with the album title? It is all three. It is It's Alive, Frankenstein, It's Alive, like it's a live record, and <laughs> Kiss Alive, yeah, or any live record. Um, and it's all of that, you know, and it's, it's, I was like so happy with it. I was like, I want to put this out because it sounds great. And it just shows like, you know, the hard work and all that stuff, how it comes together. The only thing I changed to be honest, is we took something out. We, um, and I, I'm just going to tell you this story. I know Ian, our bass player, will die. But backstage, he, you know, was eating something that didn't agree with him, and he had terrible diarrhea. And I was talking <laughs> about that. I was talking about it on stage, and he said, "Please don't put that on the record." And that, that's the only thing we took out on the record. That is hysterical. I can't believe you would talk about your yeah. bandmate's diarrhea on stage. That is so not cool, dude. You, you know, I don't have a routine rap. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm not that guy. I can play guitar and stuff, but I, once I'm in front of a microphone, I kind of clam up and I don't know what to say. And so I just kind of talk normal, like how I would talk to you or anyone else. So that's what I said. And I was because I don't I really don't have a routine rap like you guys rock or anything yeah. like that. Well, you know, it's, it's I, funny, I just say what's on my mind. It's funny you say that because I was just watching. Um, I love documentaries and I finally saw Hired Gun, which for our listeners, yeah. a lot of people have seen this already. It's about session and touring musicians that are kind of hired by well-established artists. And you gave a really interesting interview in that. And one of the things I was surprised to hear you say was that you never really wanted to be a rock star. You wanted to be a session musician. That's and, right. Is that is that because you're you don't have that uh, natural like I mean because to me you're a natural performer and you have that rock star swagger it seems to come very easily to you. But you're saying that's not the case to you. It's not. I hate to travel. When I was a kid, I'm just you know I'm not going to give you the the bullshit answer of like you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to give you the real life answer. And what it was when I was a kid, I was on an airplane and I had the worst experience. It was traumatic. And so ever since then, I was like, well, I hate to travel. I'm not going to travel. This is, you know, brutal. It was so traumatic for me. And, uh, so, but I was a musician. I was, you know, I was a little kid and I, I knew that musicians traveled. I didn't really know much about it, but I thought, well, I saw this, this little movie called session man when it, like in 1980 or something like that. And I was like, that's what I'll do. I don't have to travel. I'll just be a session guy. <laughs> and that's the real reason. That's the honest to God wow. reason, but good thing I got, good thing I got over it. Yeah. You got over it, and uh, we're all lucky to have you in uh, in our musical world here. But you know, that movie though, I, I really enjoyed it. But you know, one thing that bothered me about it, and I want to get your opinion on this, is that you know Alice Cooper kept on referring to this corral of musicians and saying, "We know who all the great A musicians are." 
you know, it's a small group and, you know, I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I see. I, I know. I, you know, I lived in New York City for years and years and years. So I know a lot of musicians who aren't in that corral, you know, of studio and touring players. And I think he totally dismissed elements like luck and timing and even geography. And that bothered me a little bit. So what are your thoughts on like, like, because you were discovered. I, I read something. Were you discovered by Rudy Sarzo, like at a, a club gig early on in L.A.? Or what's your story? What do you that's think a, about that? That's that's exactly right. I was playing in a band called Alligator Soup. First of all, horrible name, but <laughs> never, you'll never forget it, you know. But, um, you know, we we played in L.A. at Gazzari's and the Whiskey and the Roxy, you know, on the Strip. And uh, there was this one lady who was like, oh, you should see this guitar player. He's, you know, something or whatever. And um she told Rudy because Rudy wanted to put a band together. And this was like when White Snake was like huge, you know, they were like, the, you know, gods. And I remember we were playing at Kazari's. There was no one there. And it was Rudy Sarzo and his wife right at the front of the stage. And I was like, oh, my God, it's like, you know, Beyonce coming to your show yeah, or something seriously. like that. It's like they were they were so huge. You know, they were selling out arenas at this time and. So I'm like, oh, my God, Rudy Sarzo's here. So we were all psyched up, and, and um, we start with this little, like, instrumental thing. And then the, then the singer comes out, and he starts singing. So we're playing our thing, and we're, like, really, like, doing it. And, you know, he's the only one in the crowd, and uh, him and his wife. <laughs> and no pressure. So, yeah, yeah. So we're playing and the singer comes down, but he bumps his head because it's dark. He bumps his head on something like a low ceiling when he's coming down the stairs and blood starts coming down his face like <laughs> profusely. And he's like, he's singing, there's blood and he's like, and he touches his hand and sees the blood and he just goes guitar solo and he runs backstage and I'm doing this guitar solo and Rudy Sarzo thought it was all part of the gig. And he was like, this is amazing, you know, <laughs> That's <crazy. laughs> but it wasn't planned that way. So, um, yeah, he took me out to, um, who, to breakfast. I'll never forget it. Denny's. It was like two in the morning. And he said, I want to, uh, start this band. And, uh, the amazing. next day I was in a yeah office with Trudy green, who, you know, at the time managed Mick Jagger and, Janet Jackson and all these people. And I was, you know, I was living in a rehearsal room with no bathroom. So yeah, it's, it's so weird how it happens. Yeah, it is. I mean, I do believe that, you know, people who are talented are oftentimes, you know, discovered, but there are elements, you know, it's not, not just like we know who all the talent is, you know, there are elements of luck and the sliding doors kind of things. You know, if that girl hadn't sent Rudy to your show, you know, you know, no, you know, yeah, there is also, um, there is like when you're touring and you are, you know, doing your thing and all this stuff, there is a small group of musicians that you use for uh, touring and, and things like that. So that's probably what Alice meant because, you know, you know everybody and you have to you know, you have to be familiar with that person, if you will. Right. Um, right. Uh, you know, and 
that that's that's probably what he meant. Yeah, you know? no, totally. And and I think Rob Zombie, what everyone on our podcast knows you've worked with Rob a ton and are still working with him. But I think he said something like, You have to have the chops, you have to have the swagger, and you gotta be able to get along with the person on the road because you're living with the person. That's true. So yeah, there's a lot of that. That's, so, that is true. So I wanna go back to the album. So one thing, um, this is going to be, you're releasing this on vinyl. I'm excited about this. And you're doing a book. So do they, do they come together? Do you get the vinyl and the book together? And what is the book? Well, the book is a tour book. Like, you know, we're, we're releasing a tour book, like a real, like, amazing tour book. Like you got back in the day, you know? I love and it. So there's a tour, yeah, there's a tour book that goes with it and there's vinyl and, you know, the, God, we spent so much time, so much time on, you know, on these images and the, and the recording and the mastering. So, you know, I just am really excited for people to hear it. And it comes out on the 25th of January really soon. Yes. So what about the VIP package? I was reading about that as well on the tour. So people who get this can get VIP tickets. What do they get with that? Well, that's sometimes... (laughs) That's a really, and I'm, I'm, you know, very, 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 it's very important to me because I was that kid, you know? So what it is, is sometimes the VIP situation lasts longer than the concert. And I'm not exaggerating because, you know, you come up and you get all your stuff and you get a bunch of merchandise, just like you do with any meet and greet. You get tons of stuff, you get pictures, blah, blah, blah. But what happens is then we sit and we have our sound check and we play and we play and we play and we have so much fun. We just mess around. And sometimes it'll go for like, you know, an hour and a half, you know, people hanging out and talking and all that stuff. So sometimes like in the beginning, there's more meet and greets sold than there are tickets at first, you know, because everybody wants to get it because there's only a certain amount of people we can get in and it's so important you know and i love talking to the people and you know a lot of there's a lot of repeat um people coming to these meet and greets because you know you you create a bond with these fans and it's you know it's so important because i was that kid too and it's it's uh you know if it's not for them you know nothing's going to happen. That's really cool. I, I like to hear the fact that you're doing it for the right reason and that you still are connected, you know, and you, you still remember what it was like to be a fan. So that's really cool to hear. Uh, I, it's so important to me because, you know, this sticks with people for the rest of their lives sometimes because what we're doing is so important compared to like just getting up on stage or, you know, doing this, signing a couple autographs, what we're doing, you know, these people like cherish it just like I did. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it means a lot. It gets people through things just like it got me through things. And, um, that's why I, I think it's so important, uh, to have a, you know, a good relationship with the fans and listen to what they have to say, not just like next, you know, type it's of thing. Really, really refreshing to hear. Um, wh- one it's thing, one thing I wanted to tell you is that I really enjoy your Instagram account. And so, any of our listeners who don't follow, 
uh, I think it's John Five Official on Instagram should do so because you post all these tasty little videos of you playing, usually at home, like in your pajamas yeah. or wearing some kind of crazy mask or something. But the thing I love most is that it shows what a versatile player you are because there's plenty yeah. of sh- there's lots of shredding which of course is what you're known for but there's a banjo video up there there's some crazy flamenco i don't even know if that's the word flamenco style yeah, stuff yeah. that i yeah. love i actually reposted one you did last year that was like spanish it was like the night cat you had both your cats next to you it was crazy but you you've always played such a variety of styles i guess my question is have you always played a variety of styles or are you just getting bored with like shredding all the time and this is part of your evolution as a player well what i do i you know i have some weird little problems and quirks and stuff but i'm always 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 playing guitar and like right before the phone rang, I was playing. And so it's just kind of what I do all the time. I mean, like all the time. And I love to be in my pajamas and I love to play, play guitar. And it's like my Instagram is so like real, you know? It is. There's... That's why I like it. You can tell it's real. You can tell it's you. You're doing this stuff. It's not some webmaster that's putting these things up. You're doing it. Yeah, no, it's so real. And I literally do sit around in these ridiculous pajamas because whenever, you know, it reminds me of my mom because she would buy me the most crazy pajamas for some reason, <laughs> but I loved them, you know, like <laughs> I love these crazy pajamas. So I will buy the like most ridiculous pajamas and it's, you know, it's kind of comforting. I just sit and play guitar and, and, uh, you know, do that stuff. And it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Can I tell you a secret? What's that? I'm in my pajamas. See, <laughs> I get it. I'm, I get I'm in my pajamas. I'm in my pajamas too. <laughs> That's my secret. You have you have every right to be. It's ten o'clock on the on the West Coast. I don't have uh, my only yeah. excuse is the snowstorm. But well, I was gonna say, you know, it's it's you know the tundra out there, so it's it is. It's so frozen, cold and freezing. It's a frozen tundra. So, you know, maybe it's yeah. your, your talent along with your versatility that's landed you so many great gigs over the year. And I could go on and on about everyone you've played with. I want to talk about everyone, but I know you have limited time today. But you um, you played with David Lee Roth. You worked with him in 1998 yeah. on his uh, David Lee Roth band album or DLR band album. And then a few years back, yeah. I remember you saying that you recorded another album with him back in maybe 2012. Will that album ever see yeah. the light of day? Do you know anything about that? Um, it's really great. I can tell you that. And, um, I don't know. I I think, you know, it's, he's, he's in Van Halen and I don't know what he's going to do with the record, but it's a great record. And, um, I really hope that he releases it one day because I don't know. It's, you know, me being such a Van Halen fan, his voice on that record, oh, his voice is exactly, it reminds me of like on Women and Children First, you know, wow. could this be magic or something like that? He's singing like in this low kind of like, oh my God, it's, it's, I, I love it so much. There's a song called Somewhere Over the Rainbow Bar and Grill. And <laughs> just that, 
you know, is so day, <laughs> you know? So, so um, I don't know. I hope, I hope it comes out, you know, he's yeah. my good pal and uh, we'll see, you know, but I'm so happy he's in Van Halen and he's happy and all that stuff. He so. does seem happy and he sounds good. You know, like when they, when they sound good vocally, I mean, it's one thing to be, you know, gu- guitarists, you can keep up your instrument. Uh, your fingers aren't going to like disintegrate, but v- voices tend to change over the years. So when I hear someone like Dave who can still do it, it makes me very happy. Yeah, I, it's you know that's I've always been curious because I love great singers because I have the worst talking voice and singing voice of any human that ever existed. So <laughs> I really appreciate great singers, and it's odd that singers' voices change. I don't know it's because of you're getting older or you you know have more girths to you or something like that but like there's certain singers that their voices just don't yes. change like you know alice cooper i think his voice is the same as it was in the 70s and and same same with rob rob has the exact same oh sounding God. voice yeah glenn hughes i saw glenn last year he's still got it there's certain vocalists that seem yeah. to just it doesn't age doesn't affect them but yeah the vocal cords are definitely something we're not supposed to call them vocal cords anymore. Vocal folds is what they call them now, right? But uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. Why can't we call them vocal cords? I don't know. I, re- I was looking. At, I think it was an interview I was reading with Tom Kiefer or something talking about calling them folds, and, and we don't call them cords anymore. Or no, it was like an interview with someone else. I don't know. That's neither. Is it you. like stewardess or <laughs> stewardess or flight attendant? Yeah, yeah. Don't call <laughs> me a vocal cord. I'm a fold. A fold. Yeah. 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 So you also. So you worked with Paul Stanley as well, and I know you're friends. Yeah. You, you did his solo album a while back, and you're also friends with both Ace and Gene, I think. So you know what I'm going to ask and you And Peter. Next. And Peter. And, and Peter. Peter's, you know, I'm probably, I'm really, really, really super close to, um, you know, Peter. Super close. I mean, like, we'll talk, like, every other day, and I'm really close with Ace, you know. And so, of course, I'm close with all the guys, but I'm, super super like you know like talking and texting every day with those guys so um so what you know yeah, what my I next love. question will be what's you know what my next question is right well, uh i i don't know what's your favorite kiss record <laughs> is that it <laughs> <laughs> no do you think do you think they'll ever in your opinion in your humble opinion i'm not asking for you any inside info but you think they'll do a, a final tour with ace or do you think he'll ever come back or they'll have him i really I mean, Tommy and Eric do such an amazing job. They do a great, great job. Um, I think it would be fun to have like an anniversary like show or something like yeah, that and right. have everybody together, you know, everybody from the uh, from the Kiss family together. So we'll see. I mean, it would be something I would love to see. That's for sure. It'd be fun, right? Yeah, we just had um, it, Eric Singer uh, on, the, on the podcast. He just came on recently. So. Uh, yeah, he's, oh, he's great. He's fabulous. Guys. I yeah. love him. Great musician and, you know, a great guy, too. You totally. Know, he's, totally. He's, he's incredible. So um, thank you so much for your time today. I want to make sure, thanks for hanging with us. All of our listeners, definitely check out John Five's new solo release with the Creatures. It's called It's Alive. This is easy to remember. It's his live album. 
Um, I love the fact that this sounded like it was a very spontaneous kind of recording. That makes it even more special, I think, in some ways. So it's available. It'll be available digitally on CD and vinyl. Is that right? Yes, yeah, CD, vinyl, everything. Not eight track or cassette yet, but you know, <laughs> the cassettes are coming back. You gotta get on the boat with that. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm a little bit behind the time. <laughs> no, me too. I don't even have, I don't have a cassette deck anymore. But we will also be watching for you on the road, um, going out east coast leg of the tour in Midwest and fe- on February first. So make sure you check out, uh, see him when you can. And I think you're going out west. You're going all the way through April. Is that right? Yeah, and it's like, if you, you know, look at the sh- dates. I mean, it's, we don't really have many days off because there's no singers. So we just play every single day. <laughs> it's really, it's crazy. We just play and play and play. So we're pretty much hitting every place that has electricity or places <laughs> that will have, some places, some places won't have me. Oh, give me a break. Are you <laughs> joking me? That's insane. No, no, no. I know. So, you know, so when people say, Hey, why aren't you coming here? You know, so some people just, you know, they they don't want me or there's some, I don't know why, but that's all right. That's just ridiculous. Well, we will see you. I I'm know. looking forward to the New York show. I've got it on my calendar already. Um, also, everyone, make sure you check out the VIP packages. It's a special opportunity to meet, uh, see you guys jam and, and to see you guys do your sound check and, and possibly get to say hi to you. Um, but I had a great Oh, yeah. Day. Yeah. They hang out with us, so it's like uh, it's it's a blast. They have there's it's so much fun. It's like a, it's like a party, you know, before the show. I love it, love it. All right, well, thank you so much for hanging with us. Best of uh, luck with the album and tour, and I hope you'll come back on Talking Metal again soon. Anytime. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot.
What you just heard was Black Widow of Laporte off of John 5's album called The Devil Knows My Name. Really good track there. Cool. And we heard before the interview, we heard a track off of the new live record, It's Alive, by John 5 and the Creatures. So definitely support John 5 with this record and, and all his past records and everything he does. He is doing a tour. I think he's about to go out on a tour. And we noticed that he's playing some kind of like random place, I think in, in I want to say like Northwest Jersey or something. Um, yeah, I mean, in the interview, is, as he said, he, you know, some of these clubs, somehow he's not able to book them. He said, you know, well, some That's people... unbelievable. I know. I mean, he's hugely talented, but I don't know if it's the fact that it's an instrumental thing that's not, doesn't sell tickets as much, or do you think that has anything to do with that? I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I would think the the guitar hero stuff uh, would, would, you know, he's kind of a guitar hero, and I think that would bring, totally. bring people in. You know, it's like Joe Satriani is playing with uh, John... Petrucci and Phil Collin were actually going to be away that weekend, but at the Newark Pack Center, which mm-hmm. is that's a pretty big hall, you know. No, totally, it is. You know, um, and you know, John Five could, I mean, he's easily in the same, maybe not. Well, I don't know. I guess Phil Collin and I mean, Satriani are Satriani's pretty big. Satriani's made a career out of yeah. instrumental stuff, and John yeah. Five. I mean, really, most people know him from bands they don't yeah. know him i mean he does have quite a few albums but that's not how he's made his career that it could, could have something to do with it right oh, that's a good point never thought of that and i just love his work with with rob zombie we will play some of that stuff later on and he is uh is just so talented with the stuff he does with rob zombie and on stage i know what i was going to say on stage he just electrifies the room. I mean, he's got he great stage presence. His presence is amazing. That's why, you know, in the interview, what we, he was talking about was just surprising to me. And the fact that he said he wanted to be a, a session player and not necessarily a rock star because he is a rock star. Right on. Do you have any other tunes you want to play by John Five? I do. Okay, you know, let's do it. One of the things I mentioned in the interview is the... Um, the flamenco kind of stuff that he put up right. on Instagram. And right. I, I swear to you, like way before I knew I was doing this interview, like a year ago, I, I reposted on Instagram one of these flamenco pieces that he did. And he's sitting in his apartment with his cats. And guess what I found on iTunes? What did you find? The track. He actually recorded it as a single. Well, let's do it. Let's listen to it right now. We'll play a, We'll play a sound sample of it. And what we do with with these songs um, is we always encourage you guys to go purchase the music legally on iTunes or Amazon. I've actually been buying a lot of music on Amazon lately, which also is great because you can use, of course, the Amazon, the Talking Metal Amazon links in our show notes. But um, I love the Amazon music because it, it all comes up on my phone. I have a, a, a Google Pixel phone now. It comes up on my Amazon Prime TV and uh, yeah, it's great. So Amazon definitely has a great uh, music service for you guys. And on that note, let's check out some John Five. Which one is this? This is the flamenco so piece. This said. is called. I don't even know if that's what it's called. Right. Is it called flamenco? I, I think no the style. Stylistically, yeah. I dig this so much. It's called Noche Acosador. Oh, nice, sexy uh, tone to that. <laughs> I like that. Anyways, here it is. I'm not going to attempt to say it, but here, here it is. What she said.
little John 5 here on Talking Metal. And yeah, definitely, you know, it makes me bummed out to hear that, that some clubs don't want to book a guy this talented. So let's all do John 5 the, the uh, what well, I don't want to the honor yeah. of, I mean, because this guy's music is just insane. We all need to go out and, su- what I'm trying to say is we all need to go out and support him on this upcoming tour. Absolutely. And the VIP experience sounds amazing to be able to meet him and sit in through the sound check i'm all about the vip experience and the vinyl he's doing a lot of cool things with this new album and with this tour excellent cool Uh, any other tunes because i want to hit a rob zombie song no okay cool so i tell you what we're going to get out of here i want to encourage everyone to use the patreon talking metal page we're we're up to getting a you know pretty decent little little tip from you guys each month and I want to increase it a little more if we can. I think we're up to $42 a month I get from that. It would be great if we could get to $100 a month. I think that's definitely within our grasp. Again, it's patreon.com/talkingmetal uh, or you can just go to Patreon and and search my name, you'll find me on there. It supports everything I do with this podcast and all my other podcasts. Uh, of course, Metal Raps with Mitch Joel and Mitch LaFon. Uh, Talking Rock, which Joey Haney has kind of, I guess, become the the co-host on that with me. I do want to bring some interviews to that, too. Um, we were talking about interviewing your friend for that, Tommy London. Did you ask him? I did not oh. ask him about that, but I oh, okay. know he would dig coming on for sure. Okay. Well, maybe one of us can do an interview with him for... For 100%. talking rock, and I, I got somebody from. I don't want to say it in case it doesn't happen, but somebody from the band A Perfect Circle actually wants to come on Talking Rock for an interview. So we will, uh, we'll keep you posted on that. And give me that one too, right? Oh, Since I think I, love I yeah, I might, I might do that one, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, we'll talk. We'll flip a coin. Okay, that sounds good. And to take us out, you know, I was thinking the one song I always loved was Foxy Foxy by. By oh Rob my Z- God! You know, you know, my sister. You, she calls Z- Rob Zombie disco metal. Right? Did I ever tell you that? I don't know if anyone else has coined that term already, but I mean, yeah, it's disco metal. It's so hot. But I agree with that because there is a there is a heavy '70s influence on some of this stuff. And speaking of '70s influence, I think I want to go with this one instead. Foxy Foxy's great, but um, this one is called Dead City Radio and the New Gods of Supertown. And this is just a fantastic song. Just, again, just total Rob groove, groove on this. Totally. Do you remember the first time we saw him together? Can you name that? Do you remember I, that? I, I think it was at OzFest. It was right? OzFest yeah. in 2003? Yeah, that sounds right. And that was that was when he was... Um, it, he wasn't really dressing up. It was like his jeans and t-shirt tour, I think, where everything was supposed to be... Because he went played during he the day. Yeah. He had a daytime yeah. set. Yeah. 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 But anyways, here we go. A little Rob Zombie to take us out, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Radio has changed our lives and possibly saved our lives.